All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. good people of the internet and it's time for panel to panel although this podcast where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such we are back once again once again with we're giving you a double dose of panel to panel this week two panels for the price of one we have we already had um Tra- travis and mary talking talking about some good arcane and league of legends stuff and now we're hopping in with some, with some comic stuff to give you a double dose for the week um, my name is James Portis. To my left, we have our amazing social media manager who apparently um, is super happy that Poison Ivy is getting her own series, which is uh, fucking phenomenal. We have Ian. How you doing today? I'm pretty good. It's awesome to finally be able to share my voice on the on this illustrious podcast once again. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the Poison Ivy mini... Certainly looks absolutely gorgeous, and I'm really hoping it's good. But I admit I am a little trepidatious about the characters. Oh, come on, be excited! Like, be that hype level. You finally got it. Like, this is good. Okay, there are other books I can hype. We have a Jane Foster, Mighty Thor mini that's starting in the month after. But, it, but you have to deal with 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 Thor being there, also Odin's and Thor. And I'm like, like I already bitched about that. Like the whole thing with that being just. We'll talk about that when we talk about the trailer. But um, and then to my right, we have one of the baddest bitches in all of comic book Twitter, uh, like, like the host of the Comics Collective podcast, and thankfully was kind enough to grace us with her presence once again. We have Ann Talk Comics. How you doing today? Hi. Yeah, it's so great to be back. I love coming on here. I'm so happy every time you have me show my face here it's so so fun so thank you i'm doing great today it's it's a good day i'm it's very excited day. Talk comics. Good day. show your face on a podcast show my face on a podcast <laughs> you can, <laughs> you can <laughs> imagine <laughs> oh, oh i see i see how it's gonna be ian it's fine it's okay it'll be okay everything's fine <laughs> Don't forget, folks, that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, uh, Spotify, just everywhere uh, you can possibly imagine, except for SoundCloud, because we don't pay attention to SoundCloud. And we just switched over hosting platforms over to Anchor.fm, so make sure you listen to some old episodes, check out some new favorites, and just enjoy the content, because we're going to be getting back to weekly, even having some double episodes occasionally, and we got a pretty cool announcement at the end of the episode. So get ready for that. 
All right. Uh, and also, you can follow us on Twitter at P- P2P underscore podcast, where you will get all the new announcements and, and you will uh, talk to Ian about comic books and whatnot. So, first thing on the docket, um, because it was brought to my attention uh, that there is some uh, division over the current Batman uh, like Deathstroke Robin event, Shadow War, that I didn't know about because I avoid um batman it, like, like, like and, and damian wade like the plague so uh, i'm over here reading tim fox right now batman because that's a better book so and holla at me you got beef with williamson explain yourself yeah um so anyone who's been following me for any amount of time now surely knows that i have had some beef with williamson for a while not as a person mind you just strictly as a writer and everything that he does has just been like, everything he's touched recently for me, I don't know what it is, because I loved his Flash run very, very much, but just everything he's touched since Infinite Frontier starts started has just, like, had this bad, like, no-thank-you-ness to it, ranging from Robin's level of, like, this is fun, but it's not my favorite book I'm reading at the moment, all the way to Deathstroke Inks, I wish this had never been created, and I want every copy to burn. <laughs> and it's just, I think oh. I can... I think I pinpointed a while ago. It's just, I do not like the way that Joshua Williamson writes women. I just, it does not click with me at all. Expound on that. Expound on that. They are all supporting characters to the fullest degree. They do not have arcs. They exist mainly to prop up whichever guy Williamson is pushing to the front of the book, which, you know, most of them are all lead characters in the book, which is fine. Every other character should kind of be a supporting character to them, but they do not have arcs. Besides that, which is kind of disappointing because it makes them all feel really hollow. And when I'm always looking for a book to read because of the women in it, it makes those books not worth it because they show up, they do cool things every once in a while, but they don't get to be characters. And that's just not fun for me. I think the reason Deathstroke Inc. is at the level like, (laughs) please know for me that it is, is just because it's the only one where I feel like the character development is actually retroactively fighting things that shouldn't be for the character. Instead of building the character up, I feel like it's tearing down aspects that have been there before. Seeing a version of Dinah Lance who is sympathetic for even a moment for Slade Wilson is is not a good look for me. And there's like... It's not a it's, good look. It's not a good look. And people have been coming at me. It was like, well, she's, you know, she's not actually teaming up with them. She's undercover. I'm like, well, the way DC's marketing it, they're marketing it as this is the Deathstroke book featuring his sidekick, Black Canary. That's so fair. From the, from the mark, I don't like that she's being used to prop him up from both a marketing perspective and in the story. I don't like that she's there to coddle this actual murderer and like literal, like, <sighs> okay, don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. I will say Deathstroke has become a better character in recent years, specifically because of the, the Christopher Priest run of Deathstroke. Oh yeah, where, that's an amazing run. Where they actually made you feel somewhat sympathetic for a horrible human being. But mm-hmm. the idea that Dinah is playing second fiddle to Slade kind of gets under my skin a little bit. Yeah, especially in a situation where we do not have DC giving a lot of spotlight to a lot of their women, especially outside the Bat Fam. Women outside the Bat Fam have been languishing just forever in DC. Ooh, we, they're like, we'll give, you, we'll give you Supergirl, which is an all-time great, but that's that's all you get. We'll, we'll expand the Wonder Woman books for about a year, but now they're contracted back down again. 
And they're like, we, we, we gave you a little bit and we're taking it away now. I think if Canary had her own book or her own focus anywhere else, this wouldn't be bugging me as much as it is. But they're like, this is all you get. This is where she is. This is what she's doing. And it's just not good enough. And I think that's what drives me up the wall. Just it's, it's frustrating, especially because like DC had the opportunity to to like they had like a hand like basically a like a perfect moment to relaunch Dinah and the Birds of Prey to a really eager waiting you know audience like about a year you know, almost two years ago with the uh, Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn yep. movie release and completely botched it by I don't know who it was who thought let's get Brian as a Rello to write the new one. Someone who was That's not smart. Oof. Whoever Oof. it was, that back that that back or that that backfired so badly. And that was not an ongoing. It ended up first off being reduced to just a miniseries. Then it was shunted over to the Black Label line, and then just oh. reduced to one oversized one shot. And I, can, I can think of exactly two people I'd rather have on that book less. And it's just, it's like Rob Liefeld and Frank Miller. And that's not a no, good no. list to be on. Brian no. Azzarello. Oh, I need you to, to fix yourself. Like vacate the premises. <laughs> vacate the premises. Leave Dinah to anyone else. Yeah, I would so murder like... for a Stephanie Phillips Black Canary book. I would that actually would, murder. That would slap. It really would. Blood on my hands. Guaranteed. Um, my thing about it is, and like I, I even talked about this last week on our uh, if we were in DC episode, where I understand that DC has a lot of motherfuckers to deal with, and you got you gotta have your core, but there is no reason why you can't have anthology books. There's no reason why you can't have team books centered around women and have team books centered around people of color. There's no reason why you can't elevate characters that are worth people's time. If, if, if because if your concern is, yo, we don't have enough si- like, like, like single books for or like like solo titles to go around. Okay, bet put them on a team. Like, do you realize how much money you would make if DC had their own version of A-Force? That would fucking slay... Oh, wait, you do. It's called Birds of Prey. Like, it would literally... Like, like, if you had a Birds of Prey ongoing constantly, you would make money. And they don't seem to understand that. Yeah, no, it's just... Batman in front of that. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't have it called Batman in the Prey. <laughs> If there was a Batman in the Birds of Prey book, I think I would shoot myself. Just like, like the, 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 the like, like the idea of just Batman trying to invade the Birds of Prey like he did with the Outsiders. Granted, Batman has led the Outsiders before, but for them to go Batman and the Outsiders, I was just like, uh... <laughs> See, the, everything I just said about my, my problems with um Black Canary being there to prop up Deathstroke and being there as a selling point for Deathstroke, I would have that same problem a thousand times over if they dropped a Batman in the Birds of Prey. The women, the female characters they have deserve better than to be the accessories to the male character. If they can sell, let them sell on their own. I'm tired of seeing 50,000 Black Canary variant covers because they're like, oh, Black Canary is pretty. She can sell books. Then let her sell her own book. Damn it. Print these variant covers for a Black Canary comic and watch them still sell like hotcakes. Yeah, I just... I really want to sit down with like the head of both publishing lines, both DC and Marvel, and just be like, do you understand what you have on the table? Like, I understand. And I even, like, and don't get me wrong, I walked into my local uh, LCS today. I picked up my pull list. I understand that the 
comic going market of people who walk into a comic shop are still cishet white males. But those are the guys picking up like a handful of books and then leaving and that's it. You need to refocus on what is important in the next generation. You have multiple young, young, young adult graphic novels that are winning GLAAD awards. You have multiple young adult novels that are winning awards and selling out just because they represent the, the next era of, of, your, of your publishing line. But you're refusing to enter that next era of your publishing line. Just look at the most recent winner with... Uh... Prussian Lobo. That was a, one of the best things DC published all year last year. Right, and then you have. And, 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 uh, I, I failed to talk about this on last week's uh, podcast, but you have the Jackson Hyde Aqualad book that it, that went on to, uh, to win a was it nominated or did it win a lot of word? Did it or it wasn't uh, was it up for a lot of word? Nominated, but it could be. Okay, it might, um, might have been nominated, but regardless, they're now because of how well it it sold, making it an HBO Max series. And there was some dumbass on fucking uh, TikTok the other day, and I, I who was like, "Who asked for this? Bitch, me, me! I asked for this. I've been asking for this for eleven years, twelve years now. Like, do you like this? This new generation is here. This twenty or like under 30 and below market of people who are the next era of your comic book line and you're refusing to acknowledge it. It, it just, ugh. I mean, you can kind of, like, and, like, it, you can kind of see, like, that at least on some level Hollywood is starting to pick up on this fact because, like, I mean, again, you look at the MCU with, as we'll get into later, the Thor Love and Thunder and, you know, with and with Jane the Mighty Thor being introduced into the MCU and, then we have um, Captain America Four with um, with uh, Sam Captain America and the Naomi TV show over on the CW and whatnot. Like so, they're clearly on. And like these are characters or interpretations of characters that have been around for, you know, the you know for less than a you know less than a decade. I mean, these are all characters whom I actually have in the you know in either their first appearances or their first appearances you know in as said legacy characters myself from just picking up comics month to month at this point which is something i've really only been doing for just over a decade and that really i think kind of highlights the fact that you know that there is that turning point you know at least for some people in hollywood they're aware that there is at least enough of a marketplace to you know to sell these care you know to try and sell these characters on that level but you have marvel and dc's publishers still so unwilling to like somehow unwilling to recognize that like their own work that they themselves sold, you know, like two or three years ago, now being adapted and being like thrown, you know, multi, you know, multi-million, multi-million productions with the expectations of having billion-dollar returns, and yet it's like, yeah, no, but we don't think this character, this version of this character, can sell. I mean, you have you have the Ms. Marvel TV series, you know, Disney Plus series dropping in a couple of, you know, just over a month, and whatnot and yet like for Kamala she's had one mini series and she has like three one shots coming she out has a new tie-in book with Wolverine but not a new series written by anybody yeah. the logic people the know, logic exactly right because I... that's what I mentioned about last week when we talked about that was Kamala like not only is getting her power shifted but she's not being able to be considered to be her own character and it's just like why does she need to be tied up with Logan? Granted, they have a history. It's cool. People enjoy that concept. But she has her own television show dropping in a month. What mm -hmm. are you doing? 
anyway, that was our little uh, bitching about uh, yeah. everyone struggling right now. Um, you asked for it, and you got it. You, you, it's good radio. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Um, but no, I wanted. To, I want like it kind of like leads into our like our our topic about DC's current solicitations because if you're like if you're looking at even this week in publishing. Which was such a like a downfall. There was nothing to pick up from your local comic book shop, other than Captain America Zero, other for, for, than any indie books you might be picking up because Boom Image and Vault are, are killing it. And then you have DC, who's that like 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 straight up uh friggin' DC April twentieth, twentieth. Um, like there was just nothing that looked remotely interesting on the shelf today. Well, when I went into the shop, I was like, yo. I'll look around. I have to come in here for Captain America Zero. I want to look around. And there was just, like, nothing. Like, like there was um, Trial of the Amazons, which, like, is anybody paying attention to Trial of the Amazons? I mean, it's so hard. It's, go, go for it, Ian. Yeah, I, I've been, like, I've been following it, but I, I will freely admit that it's not, like, I think it's kind of dropped the ball. I think they really built it up. Like, they really built it up as being this big, huge story, but it's just, again, as... Um, as Ann mentioned, uh, early, uh, you know, Ann mentioned. I don't know if it was before we started recording or not, but I can't recall. But basically, the fact that they decided to cut the, you know, like they did an Am- Wonder Woman crossover storyline between all the Wonder Woman books, and then canceled said books basically right before slash at the start of said event. Yeah. So you only, like the event itself is really comprised of the last issue of Nubia, um, and then Wonder Woman, and a and a wonder girl mini series that really should just be part of the main wonder woman book wonder girl book but they also decided to cancel wonder girl for some reason just before the event it's just it's like the most bizarre crossover like instance of a crossover i've kind of experienced as a reader honestly to my recollection like i can still remember how frustrated it was when like back when marvel did the black their black vortex cosmic crossover thing just before secret wars where they like they canceled Cyclops right, you know, as as it was still crossing over with it. Like the last issue of the Cyclops solo book yep. that I was enjoying, uh, they canceled it right in the middle of Black Vortex, which was just so friggin' bizarre. But at the very least, it was still like multiple other titles and whatnot were being published throughout that crossover. It's not like it was just, okay, we'll just have Guardians of the Galaxy and everything else will end just beforehand, but we're marketing it as a crossover. This is just no. Let's just you know sell. Let, let's just brand this as this big, huge, you know, celebratory Wonder Woman thing, and then be like, never mind. Yeah, yeah it's just. But like, because if you look at this week for, uh, for for DC, there was Batman the Night, Superman and Batman World's Finest, which that book is is a pretty good read for just any comic book fan. I'll give you that. Blue and Gold, which is highly underrated, but like DC is not doing any promotion for it whatsoever. Also, frankly, as someone who read it, a bit weird. Yeah, um, Cat Catwoman has an ongoing and a mini series going on, but I don't think anyone is paying attention because, like, even if the writing is good, DC's not publicizing enough for anyone to give a crap. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. We got a whole creative t- team switch on Catwoman, and they talked about it for like two seconds, and then they just forgot about it. They're just like, eh, it's it's whatever now. And can I go back to the the trial of the Amazon stuff and how frustrated sure. I am that it's a crossover that's happening through these books, two of which are canceled, and it's just so hard to keep track of what I'm supposed to be reading. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm an experienced reader. I and I still have to go and Google what issues I'm reading next, and like. 
you want people to pick up your Wonder Woman books, you want them into this big event, this is the wrong way to do it. I really think they shot themselves on the foot here. And it's just, it's so frustrating because it's the first big crossover event that, like, only female titles have had ever, maybe? Ever. Question mark? And, like, wasn't, like, it wasn't even a few years ago with, like, stuff like Metal and Death Metal where they gave us roadmaps for our tie-ins. And now yeah. they're just like, figure it out. We don't yeah. care. And it well, sucks because like, the story isn't bad. It's just hard to follow because I don't know where I'm supposed to go next. Yeah, no, it's like, heck, even, like, I'm looking at my copy of it right now, like, for the Wonder Girl issue, and, like, even just looking at it from a cover standpoint, like, it has the little, you know, trade dress framing of Trial of the Amazons, but even if you were trying to figure out the reading order, part, like, the font for the part six of seven is so friggin' minuscule, I literally have to squint, partially squint at it, and I'm holding it, like, six, like, less than ten inches away from my face. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know how frustrating it is to launch a two-issue miniseries that will make no sense if you read it back-to-back? Because -back? I'm pretty sure they don't go straight into each other. No, they don't. It's like, the, this is part six of the, like, part six of seven. So I think there's, like, the, there's, like, issue two of Trial of the Amazons itself. And then I think next month, the next Wonder Woman issue is, like, Aftermath. And then you also have the Nubia Coronation special, which does admittedly look and sound awesome. Yeah, like the creative team on that, amazing. Yeah. I'm glad y'all are reading these books because, like, I, I I'm over here in my indie books and like my handful of DC and Marvel just minding my own business because I, I just I don't <laughs> want to watch the like literally. I walked in to grab my pool list today. I had Captain America Zero. I had Philadelphia. I had um, a bunch of Aquaman stuff. I had the Milestone books, and that was it. I I ain't touching it. I ain't messing with it. Like I'm gonna probably yeah. I'm probably gonna get Nubia and trade because I love Nubia, but I'm not messing with this event. It's just not not no. <laughs> when you're looking for any estrogen in DC Comics, you take what you can freaking get, and that's, that's that is. Fortunately, books like Nubia are absolutely stellar, mm -hmm. and it's just I I need I need better. And I was gonna say something. Oh, they also shot themselves in the foot by literally in these solicitations revealing who the goddamn killer is of their killer murder mystery before the final parts of the book have even dropped. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you doing? <laughs> They're just like, whatever. They, they did not care about this event, and it really shows, and it really hurts because they're going to use this as, as an excuse to not do it again. That's that's solely what this is. That's what I, that's what I always tell people: is like, if you see that, oh, a book didn't sell well because like either the writing had issues or whatever or low sales that's always the publisher's gateway to be like well y'all didn't want it y'all didn't buy it when we gave it to you you didn't care so it's like man y'all think you're funny but it's not mm -hmm. i just take this moment to shout out one other title that came out this week sure go for it the flash 781 it just Really? I need to pick up Flash because, like, like I, 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 I bitched and moaned for so long about Wally becoming Flash, and I haven't even picked up any of it. <laughs> I feel so bad. Hell, this one has both of them in it. It is Wally and Wallace, and it's actually kind of fun. Like, oh, I actually, Wallace. I'm kind of here for. I'm, I'm honestly kind of here for Wally, basically being the Flash that actually properly mentors both kid Flashes, and actually, like, because, like. like I'll be honest, I just, like, Bart, or, like, Barry just kind of seems always so emotionally distant with, like, Wally, and, like, I don't know, I just, it, like, the issue itself was just a lot of fun, like, basically, it's mostly just Wally, you know, just trying to, you know, 
Wally kind of having some fun with Wallace and Wallace as they kind of go running around sort of thing before ultimately admitting that he's kind of has some own, you know, has some stuff he has to take care of and he wants to be able, like, he basically wants to put, like, his patrol route in Wallace's hands. But it's just really fun. And it's just, like, this series, honestly, I feel is really slept on. Like, yeah. Jeremy Adams has done some phenomenal work, like, basically just making The Flash such a really fun title to read with, mm-hmm. and just really bringing back the spirit of, like, Wade, like, Wade's uh, Wally West run in particular, I think, in terms of, like, right. his, you know, his charming yeah. person, his personality, his, you know, his family life with his, you know, with his wife and kids, and the artwork from Fernando Passerin is friggin' amazing, which I'm really glad that we have Passerin on a really solid book, I just... Because Passerin's such a phenomenal art talent that DC's had for years, and they so often just go, okay, we'll have you draw, like, a fill-in arc of another book. Like, he did some amazing art for Hawkman not too long ago, and, like, most people probably didn't even notice because it was, like, the penultimate arc of Menditi's Hawkman run. So I just, I want more people to have their eyes on The Flash, so. There's a lot of books out there. Oh, sorry. There's just a lot of DC books out there right now that are doing everything they should. There's a lot that are, like, written by people you can tell have a love for this universe and get to express that love for the universe. And the stories aren't based on, like, these gimmicky, nonsensical things. Like, I love I love Tom Taylor's work. A lot of his stories lately have just felt like I'm doing this for the, the fun little moments and not anything special with it. There's so many series out there that are doing those special things, but they're not getting the attention that a lot of the other books are. Mm-hmm. And just they keep getting lost under the deluge of like just Batman books over and over again. And it's, uh, that's it's why I even, yeah, that's why I even said um a few weeks ago I was like, yo, um I can't even get excited about Ram V taking over for Detective because I'm so burnt out on the idea of a Batman book existing. And on top of that, you're taking Detective away from another good talent like Mariko Tamaki. Granted, like she probably has other projects and whatnot going on. But but it's still the idea that a I'm burnt the fuck out on Batman and b why it was so disappointing because the best thing Mariko Tamaki did on that goddamn run was her whole Arkham Tower book because the whole point of it was we're gonna focus on everyone who isn't Batman and it was just a glorious three months of storytelling in Gotham City and I wish that we had that book all the time the closest we get is Urban Legends and that happens once a month. And you're lucky if it isn't just Batman, because in July, I want to point out the solicitation is literally Batman plus movie friends in all four stories. Yeah, so you well, can't escape like, them this yeah, time. You're right. Like, and like, at least in uh, June, they're like, yo, we'll give you a new Birds of Prey led by Lady Shiva. That's one cool thing, I guess. Yeah, that started that started last week, I think. And it's like, yeah. it's a solid intro. I'm not totally sold on it yet, but it's like, like I say, when you have only so many books with female leads you're like i'm gonna take everything i can get so i'm here and the thing about it is that's what like they literally are doing what i said to do if you want to give people an interest in other things that aren't batman why not instead of calling it batman colon urban legends call it gotham urban legends call it something that shows not just oh we're tied to batman show that these characters like there are other characters in gotham besides bruce and they're telling their own stories and making a bi-weekly series, making a bi-weekly anthology and do it as in a way where you have a revolving talent coming in to write these stories. 
have a have a Babs book, a book, like story, have a have a Cassandra story, have the have the birds of prey, have Tim, have Davy, whatever the fuck. Like minimize the Bat family and give way for other titles. Yeah, like heck, you want to do it even better? Like, oh, I'll go one better for you. They have that other CW Bat. Like, I think it's Gotham Knights is what they're using for the title for the new Bat spinoff they're doing. Well, I say spinoff. It seems like it's completely disconnected from the Batwoman show they're doing that they're launching next year on the CW. I think. Use the Gotham Knights, like rebrand Batman Urban Legends as Gotham Knights. It's a pre-established existing Bat title that lasted a fair while, if I remember correctly. Had some pretty, you know, pretty popular Batman runs in the uh, early aughts. It doesn't directly have Batman in the title, so it doesn't feel, it doesn't add to Batman fatigue. And there's, admittedly <laughs> minuscule, but there is still that p- small, tiny potential that someone who goes to watch the TV show goes and says, hey, th- I like these characters. I, you know, I'd like to maybe potentially more sort of thing and if somehow they're able to figure out how the fuck comics work in terms of buying them um go to you know they can pick up a copy of you know this book that says gotham knights and like oh look this one has a story that has this stephanie brown character that i found pretty mm-hmm. interesting. because like and that was one thing i i, I talked about I, I made a dumb tiktok about it earlier I, I had went to the comic shop and left and one thing i love about my shop is they will do this thing where they'll take runs of books that like should have gotten a trade but like didn't get a trade or like the trade is super expensive or not in print anymore and they'll go through their back issues and they'll put together the whole run put it in a bag and board and be like hey five dollars you get a whole run or a whole storyline of a character and you can ingest it and like like enjoy that story. Like they had one, like they had uh, six issues of Gail Simone's run of on uh, Secret Six and One, and then they had um, the pre New Fifty Two Cyborg miniseries and another. And I was like, I'm gonna grab both of those, put them in my bag, and I'm gonna walk out the door because it was a cool way that I and I even see more shops doing this because I've been to two different shops besides my, my normal one recently where they have this idea of bundles where it's like. Hey, do you need a jumping on point? Do you need like like something like do you have an interest in a character? And they like have tabs of them like in the, in the long boxes of where ready to jump in. And that shows that a shop cares. And if if DC gave remote or or Marvel gave that much of a fuck, there would be that ability to bundle things or do a trade focused on one character. Because similarly to what they've done with certain like trade paperbacks and whatnot, like have a greatest hits for a character, especially if a TV show coming out like Gotham Knights, have a greatest hits of Stephanie Brown, have a greatest hits of Harper Rowe and whatnot. Like give that, like, like invest in your storytelling and what you want your people to buy and you will see your sales go up. It's not, it's not fictional. People, you will see that growth, but you need to market it and you need to put the effort into it. Because if you don't market it, do you realize we're in the world of social media right now where you press one button and anybody can know about what the fuck y'all are interested in? Y'all, y'all put out some random tweets for Superman Day. Y'all put out some random... You, they, they, they did an interview with Danny DeVito that Ian that put about in my feed earlier. Like, mm-hmm. y'all have so much power and you're not utilizing it. Like, yeah. why? Uh, if DC social media team spent half of its time tweeting about characters like half the people on stan twitter do we would have so many new fans who are vastly interested in these new characters i get so many people i'll post a random picture of just like just today there was like um a 
picture someone did of Lorna um, Marquez from Aquaman and just like posting it, just like, hey, remember she exists? And I would share something like that. And I have people popping up on my mentions like, who is she? I want to know more about her. What do I read? And I can just share the links there. That's what DC social media team should be doing at all times. And it's like, if, it, like, and yeah, um, I didn't put you off, you know, give me one second. Um, in terms of, like, the piracy issue, you have so many fans on, like, TikTok and Twitter that are, like, pirating books to, like, to learn about characters and whatnot, because, like, like, older books are hard to find, and they don't want to invest in Marvel Limited and DC Universe and whatnot. If you give them a guide, like, um, I saw Star Wars today, it was like, yo, here's the chronological order of every Clone Wars episode to watch if you want to skip the filler. Why aren't you... Doing that by now, and we get a cut, and you get a cut, and whatever the fuck else. Like, that would be so smart. Hell, there are so many comic book YouTubers. There's podcasts like ours that you could pay to tell stories about your characters, to promote these runs, but you're not utilizing it. What are you doing? <sighs> that was a good bitch session. Anyway, the Ian, other... Were you... Oh, sorry. Ian, were oh, you yeah, going to say something? I, I, I mean, kind of, yeah, I cut oh, you off. Know, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with you guys. I wasn't adding anything. I was just agreeing. Oh, well, shit. All right. <laughs> that right. works, too. Um, um, you want to talk about the good things? <laughs> let's talk about the good things, because, like, when you look at the DC solicitations, one thing that, like, that, that I'm really digging is the fact that there's a million in one of these freaking uh, Dark Crisis crossover books that are telling good stories, like, Young Justice is getting one. And mm-hmm. like and like Aquaman's getting one and having the fallout of Arthur dying. Yes, mm-hmm. let's see them cry. Let's I, see want them cry. <laughs> I want this bait. I want everyone to be crying, but I want Andy to just be there. Like I don't, I don't give a shit. I'm better well, than you anyway. Well, like my issue with it is we're de- we're derailing Aquaman to tell the story of um like Arthur dying, and that's one of my biggest issues about. <laughs> Um, like like tie-in books, we have to derail other stories. That's to the de- inter- to deal with events. Like I bet you a hundred dollars, Chuck Brown and, and, and like 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 and Brandon Thomas were not planning on having to derail this entire miniseries or this entire series for this. In fact, what you should have fucking did instead of having a Aquaman or Arthur Arthur and uh Jackson book, you should have just had a Jackson book. That way if you want to kill off Arthur, you can fucking do it and not have to have the entire derailment of our story for it. I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and say I actually disagree with you on this ooh, one ooh, because okay, okay. they when they were pitching Aquaman at the beginning they were talking like this is about Arthur and Jackson this first arc definitely seems to be it's an arc that seems to be wrapping up in issue number five but they also said they wanted to put a focus on the Aqua family and I think getting 
uh, having a story for whatever reason, whether it's because of the Dark Crisis or whatever, where Arthur is out of the picture and you're forced to actually focus on characters like Tula and characters like Mera and characters like um, Garth who just never get the time of day. I think right. that's the best way you can possibly use Dark Crisis. It's an excuse to get the heavy hitters out. I think Aquaman number six is doing a better job at that than Dark Crisis number two is, because in Dark Crisis number two, they're like, hey, come buy this for a Nightwing Deathstroke fight, because we've never seen that before, right? But in Aquaman, they're like, there's a cover with Tula on it. What was the last time we had Tula on a goddamn cover? It's, um, I think that's, and seeing, um, Jackson get to take the lead there again, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I see where you're coming from, where it's like, if you want the Aquaman book, this is definitely going to take a step back. But I think for people who want to expand this world a little bit and see more of the characters, which is, you know, the premise behind Dark Crisis and the whole point of killing the Justice League, supposedly, I think that's the best way you handle that. Okay, fair enough. I mean, my issue with it is, though, like, that could have been a Dark Crisis colon Aquaman book. Not, oh, we have to go, okay, we're going to derail the Aquaman's, the Aquaman series for that. Like, there was, like, there is a, like, because they've done only tie-ins but kept the main book separately before. And so has Marvel. There are way, like, you can have the stories that are tying in separate from it. Because that was one thing, and, and you know, like, just as well as I do, that the, the worst contender of tie-in hell is Civil War II. Where Civil War II said, we're, we're going to derail Daredevil, Miss Marvel, Power Man and Iron Fist, etc., etc. Ultimate. Ultimate. You know, Ultimates were in fucking space fighting Thanos. Fucking everything under the sun just to, just to talk about Civil War II and how shitty we're going to make Carol, Carol look. When in reality, they didn't need to do that. They could have just made separate tie-in books focused on that and left those stories alone. And it just, yep. it, bu it bugs me when we really don't have a whole lot of books already we have canceled books like the like, like the situation with uh trial of the amazons that aren't really doing anything and then you have batman books like the new batman um and the new detective that aren't tying in whatsoever and are getting brand new creative teams it's like it's really daunting because now it seems like oh even if the, the justice league dies in dark crisis bruce is having a good old time with chip sadarsky and who's right yep. batman i forget Who's uh, Ram, Ram, Ram V. Yeah. Ram, Ram V. So, uh, so you have Ram, uh, uh, Ram V, and um, Chip over here going, "Hey, we're right, Batman!" And everyone's like, "Oh, he's dead." And it's like, we don't care. Like it just it bugs me. I <laughs> I can see that. Like I mean, it's it's frustrating too because like you'll know like those are the only two titles where they have new storylines that are kicking off that month specific or like the month specifically after Dark Crisis is fully kicked off in June. Because the only two other titles that I'm aware of, well, three other titles that I'm, sorry, okay, no, I think it's four that I'm aware of that aren't directly tying into Dark Crisis in July uh, that involve characters or whatever you'd expect them to are Wonder Woman, which uh, has a new storyline that's uh, storyline that's starting in May. I don't really, or like, they have like the epilogue for Trial of the Amazons in May, and then I think they have a new storyline starting in June or something along those lines. Um there's Action Comics, which has uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's, like, I think it sounds like he's wrapping up or about to wrap up his uh, War World stuff. Yeah, we finally get the, the hint that the character that we fridged at the beginning is coming back. Yeah. And then, um, and then um, speaking of Queer Rep, we have uh, 
Superman Son of Kal-El uh, with the uh, issue 13 with the introducing Dreamer into the DCU proper with... Um... You can't just drop that in the middle of the, the angry yeah. session here. That deserves that's, its I'm, own. I'm, that's, that's, a good, that's a very good thing I'm saying. It's just I feel like that's something they probably meant to do the month prior, but for whatever reason they couldn't time it quite right for that. So... It just awkwardly like, the, point, like yeah. the most pride heavy book that they have. One of their big like pride announcements is something that's coming after Pride Month is over. Because like you I think mean, that... to be fair, I'm kind of glad it's not because like that was one of my biggest criticisms with, 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 the, with the Dreamer situation is that, or even also with the Jess Quick situation is we keep bringing queer characters around for Queer Month and then not giving a fuck anymore. So like oh, that God. that was my biggest criticism. That's fair, and I do I do appreciate that they are making more of an effort beyond just the month of June, um, and whatnot. I just more that you'd think Superman, Son of Kal-El, and Nightwing, the two titles with the two characters that seem to be pushed the most as part of Dark Crisis. I mean, the second issue of that, the whole marketing for that second issue is Dick fights De- Deathstroke and John fights Cyborg Superman. I think. Yep. They get their own personal titles, completely not tying into Dark Crisis at all. So like it's just like though it's weird that those two aren't, and it's weird that Wonder Woman and Action Comics aren't. But at the very least, you like there are plot lines that the creative teams are already in the middle of telling when Dark Crisis starts. So it's like okay, you probably want to at least give them a chance to conclude that before you then go. Okay, Tom Taylor. Okay, um, uh, Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. Okay, Philip Kenny Johnson. You're telling Dark Crisis stories now. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like well, what's Dark Crisis? Crisis? We have no, we have no idea what Dark Crisis is. We don't know either. Like it just. Yeah, <sighs> it's. I can. I can definitely see that. That's. It's not a fair situation all the way around. Like it's. Like that's. Like that's why the whole thing with Batman and Detective just feels so frustrating to me because it's like yeah. you think. Like I get wanting to do a big fresh revamp of that, and like those creative teams are awesome, but at the very least, you could very easily push them back a couple of months, right? And have them kick off like in a post Dark Crisis storyline. We'll go back to what we did in twenty like fifteen, twenty fourteen, and et cetera. Like like go back to a line wide relaunch. Like it's been a hot minute. No one like, like like no one would see it coming. You have brand new number ones, brand new books for everyone to pick up, brand new jumping on points. And you're not doing it. Like, especially because you have this whole Dark Crisis event, especially with Rom V and Chip Tadarsky just going off and doing whatever they want in Batman and uh Detective, that just kind of lets everybody know that here in a minute you're not going to give a fuck about what happens and everything's going to go yeah, back no. to whatever status quo you're doing. Exactly, yeah. Like it, it honestly lessens the impact of Dark Crisis itself if you have like the most preeminent character being killed off in the built in the single in the big final build up to it with Justice League seventy five still walking about doing his crime fighting doing his these you know the hammers for justice you know I am Ben whatever throughout the entirety of it in two other books and it gets it's, like, I mean these are yeah. phenomenal stories that I'm looking forward to seeing you know adapted mm-hmm. you know like explored and expanded upon by these amazing creative teams but it's like this is not the right time to be doing it it's just the mm-hmm. ultimate thing that bugs me more than yeah. anything else it right. feels like they, they keep invoking the name of death of superman when they're talking about death of justice league just in like the emotional impact they want it to have but it feels like they're approaching it toothlessly where they're like mm-hmm. we want you to feel this emotional impact we want you to feel like these characters these other characters matter we're going to highlight these characters and yet they don't have the the backup to actually commit to it in the other titles and that's the part that makes the whole things feel less um less honest than it should 
Yeah, because, like, going back, agreed, and, like, going back to what um, James said with the relaunch thing, Dark Crisis is aftermath, especially if they're not, like, you know, bringing back the Justice League right away. I mean, let's be honest, they, like, the, the characters themselves, for, like, I imagine at least the big, the you know, the, the Trinity <laughs> and one or two others probably will be back by the, you know, by the end of the event. I mean, Barry almost certainly as well, which frustrates me, but, um, and John probably as well, because I'm sure... Thorn, like I get the feeling Thorn isn't quite done with writing him after how the his Green Lantern run concluded last week. Um, yeah, but like you have like this potential where you can do like a basically the equivalent of what Marvel did with their all new, all different publishing mm-hmm. initiative back in 2015 after Secret Wars. That initiative clearly showing off dividends now is you know with Sam Cap, Jane Thor, uh, Ms. Marvel, and whatnot. Um, where you, DC could do a very similar thing where they basically, like, they could have Zdarsky do a new Batman book, they could have Rom V do a new Detective book and not have them be about, either be about Bruce Wayne Batman or, mm-hmm. you know, not to mention that, like, here's what I'll suggest, like, 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 I won't even, like, re-quote what I did for, um, for last week yo, here's what you do Chip Zdarsky, you, put, put you put you on a Black Label book, while also while you're writing a Black Label book, you take over for Flash um, Rom V, do what you want. Oh, like, oh, like with all the like the DC mystical stuff. We, you don't need to be on Batman. We like have Tim Fox be the Batman you want him to be. Do that. Do that story. Let John Ridley stop writing that and get that to an inspiring writer of color. You have you had this brand new milestone um, recruitment drive. Bring in somebody who's hot in the indie scene. Give them the the, the, the chance to write it, or better yet, give us like a black writer that's been busting their ass for years. And give them Batman and let it be Tim Fox. Like they're they're propping up and, gi- and giving way to the, the idea that Tiffany Fox is going to be his Robin or something similar. That they're they're ramping that story up. And John Ridley is probably going to get to a point where he doesn't want to write a, a Batman book that that isn't being focused on and while also writing Black Panther. He's going to get to that point. So having that backup plan of an inspiring black writer plus other people to take over these books and tell your new your next generation would be good do a line-wide revamp and do it right but it seems like the bus doesn't exist and it's just uh, I, I, I think in the sense that something similar to that might possibly happen at least in the immediate aftermath of dark crisis but it doesn't feel like it's going to have any meaningful impact because of the batman and detective comics creative shuffle and thus i mean again like like going back to ann's point with um comparing it to death of superman like death of superman it's not like that you know superman 75 happened and then like three months later we had Superman. like three months later we had a new superman and a new action comics book being written by incredibly popular creators completely ignoring the aftermath of that or whatnot like there was like a good little while where you not only didn't have him around but you also took the opportunity to tell new stories like tell new stories with lois you know introduce several new supermen you know Two of which are, you know, like introducing the Connor Kent, you know, the modern day Superboy, um, and introducing Steel and whatnot. Mm. And you could very easily do that to a much greater, huger, or huger, uh, much bigger, grander scale with Justice League number 75 and with Dark Crisis. And it feels like that's not what they're going to do. And that just is the most frustrating thing at all. I mean, I'm still hoping the event is good. I still appreciate the fact that, you know, that. It's a story where we're going to have the focus on, you know, a lot of DC characters who are just as beloved, if not even in some ways even more beloved than the Trinity or, you know, or than Barry Allen Flash or Hal Jordan Green Lantern or whatnot to have the spotlight for a story like this is cool and all. But 
the fact it's just it's kind of frustrating how it feels with the batman stuff that it feels like yeah you're gonna have that but then in like you know six seven months we're gonna go right back to business as usual right it just i know that i know that's you know comics you know creator you know like i know that's um big two comics in a nutshell but like that's kind of what's killing big two comics in a nutshell is the fact that they are so utterly beholden to, you know, to keeping their, you know, 50 plus white man, you know, 50 plus year old white male, re- white male het readers satisfied above and beyond anything else. It's right. just, it's killing all creative yep. potential for their books. I get that. It, 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 it don't make no sense. <laughs> nope. But you um, want something that does make sense? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, I would, I would, I would, I would definitely like to transition a little bit. So, um, but like, like it's great. Like we we don't like to constantly talk about the negative. We just mm-hmm. we just want to see better done. If that makes sense, like we just oh, yeah. want to see better done. Like, like you see, you're you're so nearly there. That like that's mm-hmm. the first thing is that with stuff like Aquaman, like Batgirls, like the Nubia, uh, the Nubia minis that we've been getting. You're so very clearly just right, nearly there. Oh, that's the sexy trinity. All the sexy people talk about those three books. Give me one second. Yeah, sorry, y'all cut out there for me for a second. No, you're good. I was trying to do something. Um, uh, But no, uh, so the next big thing that we wanted to talk about this week um is uh, like the situation that kind of shook the comic book landscape this past week was um the 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 reveal of the thor love and thunder trailer and that man it was it it was almost even a trailer was a teaser and it felt like so a freaking trailer and how much they basically just went here's the whole movie Here's the whole movie. Like, other than Gore the God Butcher that you haven't seen yet, but the toys have already leaked. Here's the whole movie right there. And that was the thing that everyone's been sh- stressed out about. Is like, we're only like 90-some days or like 80-some days until the movie drops, but we haven't seen anything about this. And then finally Tyga just kind of goes, here you go, on like on like a random day. And it's like, okay, cool, I was, that's I, fine. I'm not going to lie, I was almost certain that it was going to be a thing where, what, like what they did with Doctor Strange and the uh, Multiverse of Madness, where going to see that, you'd sit, you know, you'd obviously stay through the end of the credits, because, I mean, you do that with any major film nowadays, but especially with Marvel movies, you don't get up until the credits are done playing, and I figured that once the trailer. Yeah, that that's where they were going to drop the trailer for it at this That'd point. That would have been insane. Um, but no, like, so... They start the trailer off with this idea that Thor not only has lost all the all the all the depression weight and the struggle like like that he went through in Endgame, but now he's like back to being fit. But he's like, I'm a pacifist now, and it's like, what? What? Uh, I mean, like that's that's a cool direction to go in, but I like, I, I, like you went through this whole journey where you became worthy again, and you, or like, or, or, or you were still worthy rather, because like he like he grabbed the hammer and was like, I'm still worthy, and then he shows back up and slings both hammers, and Steve grabs a hammer, and we all have a good time, but and then you're just like, oh, I'm gonna be a pacifist now, and it's like, uh, what? Yeah? Oh, oh, okay. And I'm just like, 
I, I, I get it, but, but, like, you need some vehicle to, to, like, usher the ending of uh, Hemsworth and bring in the age of Portman, but, like, I, this is a weird move, Taika. I don't... I don't know about this one. This is this, this is a weird choice. I don't choice. entirely blame him. I mean, like, I don't envy. I did not envy with TD and company going into making this film, given the fact that, like, with where Thor Ragnarok ended, it very clearly ended in a very like direction of like you know setting Thor up in a kind of learning to kind of rule something. Like the whole thing basically kind of being about taking on a more active leadership role in a way that he hadn't before. Then, you know, then the Rousseau brothers come along and go, oh, that's really cute and all, that's really fun. I got, you know, setting up as this, you know, like, you know, inheriting his father's role and whatnot. Like, oh, yeah, that's really fun. Let's go and throw a rock at that and just smash it to bits. See, like, I, I loved that they did it because that was the biggest issue I had. Well, there was a lot of issues I had with Ragnarok. Ragnarok is... is one of the worst comic adaptations ever in the history of anything, but it's a good Marvel movie. Um... That was one of the biggest issues I had where Odin walks up and goes, are you the god of thunder or the god of hammers? I'm like, the, he, he's the god of thunder, but the but the hammer gives him the power. You, you can't do one without the other. Like, I know you're trying to tell a growth story about a character, but he, he needs a hammer. So when the Russo brothers come in and go, he needs a hammer, I'm like, damn right! <laughs> like, the motherfucker needs a hammer! Like, like that was the whole point of Thor as a character, and that's why when anybody picks up the hammer, they they get they gain the powers of Thor. So when um, the Russos kind of checked Taika at the door and was like, y "You didn't do that right," and we have to literally take this motherfucker to space and have uh, Peter Dinklage make him a new hammer because you fucked up. It felt justified because I like 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 it, it would just uh like, like like there's so much I, I I could do a whole episode just roasting Ragnarok because like I get it it was a really good like like good story for casuals and a good ride and 80s nostalgia and trippiness and uh, it's just... with itself it's a movie that's very much war with itself because it's got all the improvised the car stuff which is a lot of fun and whatnot but then you have the whole stuff on Asgard which is just so totally disconnected with it and Ella awesome incredible kick-ass mcu villain really because her part of the film is so thoroughly overshadowed by the improv sakar stuff really doesn't feel like it it kind of it, it it overshadows the whole part you know that whole part of the film and her whole role in it to an extent which frustrates me yeah but, yeah, but no I, i'm willing to give taika a new shot like, yeah. and like he's even coming in and rolling with the punches of them making Valkyrie King and doing that whole thing. I, I appreciate that. He's yeah, even... Like, oh, God. Like that's, like, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I appreciate that. But, like, my point was, ultimately, like, regardless of how you felt about the direction they took for in uh, Infinity Wars and Endgame, I honestly don't think that's what Watiti was planning for. So now he has this whole other thing. He Like, it's basically something where that you know he had a whole clear path maybe or like maybe even just the rough idea of what he wanted to do with thor if he was going to do more thor movies after ragnarok and then uh the russo brothers kind of went and flipped the whole table up, you know up or you know ripped the rug out from under him sort of thing so like thor being in such an odd place it with at least the way the trailer pre presents it doesn't really surprise me because i imagined it was a case where the, uh you know with he had to basically kind of completely readjust his his plans Plan. for, and that that's that's kind of the nature of a lot of these MCU projects, especially the solo films between 
Avengers movies, but like that's like I like it's it's weird, but like I don't. It's not like it's not something where I'm like like I I get I get that it feels off because it's probably a case where for the creative you know the you know the filmmakers behind it they they were in off position sort of thing. And the the trailer keeps going, and we we see that the guardians are kind of just like you're not the Thor that like saved Earth. You're kind of not what we thought you were gonna be when you hopped in the in the ship with us. So like, bye. And I thought that was I, I thought it was so funny. Like I was really hoping they weren't gonna have the Guardians in the whole movie, and thankfully they won't be. Just from how it looks, they're gonna go back to filming Guardians Four and go away because. Yeah. No one wants Chris Pratt on screen more than he has to be. <laughs> I I I really really like the trailer. I just I think it's really interesting to see Thor in this place where he's like, I'm going to step back. I've been part of everything. He's the because you know he's the only one of the like the big three Avengers who didn't bite the dust at the end of the first one in one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that he is at least metaphorically looking to take that back seat. And I think putting him up. In that situation against someone like Gore, who is definitely not going to care that he's taking that backseat and is definitely going to have beef with him anyway. Uh-huh. I think that's the perfect way to just kind of express like, you know, you you can be whoever you want. You're always going to have someone who's after you. And I'm interested to see where that goes in the movie. Right. Um, and they show a giant golden city halfway through the trailer and a guy holding a lightning bolt. Everyone's like, Zeus? And I'm like... You oh, know yeah. what that means. <laughs> we, like, we haven't got a casting notification or anything like that, but if they, they, they use this as a backdoor to bring in Hercules, I'm gonna be tripping. <laughs> I would not be surprised if that was the post credit scene. I also would not be surprised, however, if we pull a Warriors 3 and Hercules just gets offed unceremoniously in this oh, movie. Yeah, oh. That's going to happen to at least the at least the Greek pantheon themselves. They're going to do this big elaborate. Honestly, what I could legit see the opening to Ragnarok potentially or to Love and Thunder potentially doing mirroring the op- that panning shot of uh, Asgard from the first Thor film that Brana did of like panning through to Asgard, cutting through, and then you have a big huge ceremony, and it's like a similar big huge ceremony, but it's with the Greek pantheon and whatnot. And then you have them doing this big celebratory thing. Maybe you have Hercules about to walk in. Then Q got uh, Gore coming in and just slaughtering all of them. I would be so pissed. Would you, like, if Gore just opens the door and just drops Hercules' head across the floor, and it's just like that's your what, that's a hell of a cold open. But <laughs> congratulations, you, Hercules you is just, gone. Like you <laughs> just fridged a bi character. Good job. But like no, just. Uh, <sighs> Like, you I just, be, y'all just broke my heart because I was so excited at the idea of Hercules coming in. I, now you like, got me I, thinking, I, my man's gonna die. I really do hope he does come in, and I do really want to see him in the MCU. But the problem that I, or like the problem I see with this, is that whilst Disney is trying to do their keep their big MCU stuff going, and obviously, and I think bringing Hercules would be great for that, they also keep trying to do live action remakes of their animated movies. And one of the last really big '90s. Rent Disney Renaissance film animated films they have not touched yet is Hercules, and they can't realistically do both a Hercules Disney live action adaptation and an MCU one. They this they yeah, it's called money. They want money. They're gonna do whatever the fuck they they can to get money. Of course they would. Yeah. So like realistically, I get that. Like I worry that their priority is gonna be put on doing the live action remake of the Herc of you know of Disney's Hercules, 
and that's oh, and which if that's the case, I'm sorry, but they're probably never going to see Herc in the MCU because I'll be so upset. They'll call him Heracles, and they'll use the well, like they'll call him Heracles or something. I'll be so mad. The Roman. Um, but, but, oh, Heracles, I think, is the Greek name. I think. I think yeah, Heracles. it is. Um, but then we move on to the rest of the trailer, and like it goes super fast. They have that really cool like recreation of that Ribic shot from the beginning of the Gore the God Butcher arc that yeah, just looks stunning. Like it looked like just perfect like recreation of of that giant thing, and it looks so good. And then the music flips. And you see the like the recreated busted up Mjolnir fly through the air and just grab. And I love how people have been like 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 mimicking and comparing it to when Steve grabbed the hammer of Thor being like, I knew it. And then here Thor's just like, What? And you just see Jay like, Yeah, motherfucker, what now? And it just oh. I'll still have Twitter for you that for the, that trailer dropped uh, for the majority of the day, at least for uh, people that I follow. Arms. Well, yeah, arms. Arms. Oh <laughs> my god. And, and, and I, I'll even say it here, like, because I said it on Twitter. I told Ian and Mary from the minute the trailer dropped, give it an hour, give it even less than 24 hours. And you're going to see motherfuckers going, oh, they cucked Thor to bring you Lady Thor. And I was going to be tripping. Because, the, like, like, to the point that even the quarterings bitch ass made a whole video about it. And I'm just like, y'all don't get it, do you? Like, Jane Foster's run is one of the most best-selling Thor runs of all time. Like, <laughs> if, if they go bring the girl in, they go bring the girl in. Like, let it happen. And, like and this, even then, it's oh, sorry. Go for it, Ian. Go ahead. I, I'll, I'll add my. I was gonna say, after. like, even like we need a justification just to have a woman. It's like we do not need the justification to just have a, any random male heroes show up. I don't like. I don't care if she's in the best selling run of all time. She's cool, and I'm glad she's here. And if it makes people angry, then so fucking be it. You know, where it's just like deal with it. I've had to deal sitting through Iron Man and Spider Man and. Captain America year after year and year and no one complaining about it at all and then you get to the moment which is like yes we finally get to shine we finally get to have a Thor who is a woman and you just want to make such a big fucking song and dance about it you're the only one who wants to make this a bad thing and it's your misogyny is showing no matter how much you want to claim it's just I don't I, I'm for diversity I just don't like it when I'm forced I saw that Tyrone Magnus video that went around Twitter about him talking about it where he's like I like diversity just not forced diversity no you just need an excuse to hide the fact that you are biased and bigoted you just it, it, it keeps happening yeah and the thing about it is like what, that, that's one thing that I've always just been like fuck your stupid like dog whistle mm -hmm. there, like forced diversity is not a thing like nope. whatever you like, you can make up whatever word and however the fuck you want to say it. It's called diversity. There can be bad diversity. There can be bad writing. There can be poor writing. There can be horrible ways to do things. But it's never forced diversity. It's called we wanted to make something like when we had Bendis Riri versus um Eve Ewing Riri. Bad writing versus good writing. It doesn't mean Riri is forced. It means Bendis is not as good of a writer as he used to be, and Eve Ewing is kicking ass writing a book about like, like something that matters. Like there can be 
bad stories, just like those bad Batman stories and good Batman stories. Like that, that like just like 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 when, the, 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 when you're gonna have a Tom King Batman book and you're gonna have a Grant Morrison Batman book. What is going to be very superior? Like that, that there's no such thing as a bad as a bad as forced diversity. Like like even when all new all different Marvel came out, the only problem I had with it was yo fuck the Inhumans. Otherwise, like have fun. Like you're killing you're sterilizing and killing off the x-men for the inhumans otherwise i wouldn't care otherwise sam's here yay uh kamala's here yay um like fucking totally awesome hulk is here yay um jane's here cool whatever the fuck like they like like that section of twitter and youtube did so much damage to the uh, to the future of marvel that they literally did so much damage to Amadeus Cho Hulk that he's a skinny slash somewhat muscular tall man named Braun. He's not even really a Hulk anymore. He's just a green Asian man who's smart. And it's not even funny. Your stupid idiocy turned a really cool character. Excuse me. Written by the same guy who wrote World War Hulk. Who wrote all the Planet Hulk, all the great books, like like Greg Pack, he wrote all the Hulk books that y'all motherfuckers love, and you said fuck this one thing, to the point that now it's it's gone. And y'all did the same thing with Jane, which to be fair, Aaron always planned to kill Jane, it was gonna happen, whatever. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, you still had this way about you where you wanted to say Jane sucks, did you read it? Because the people who read it really liked it. Hell, um, Bendis being the bitch that he was wrote her pretty decently in All New All Different Avengers for two. Like, she never had a bad beat. And, like, y'all wanted to make a whole deal about the combine tits thing. No one cares. That no wasn't one... a real panel, was it? That was an edit, although I swear I, edit? Okay. I will be eternally grateful to Watiti if he does put the edited dialogue into the movie. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kind of bummed that the, I don't think Mjolnir is going to have that thing in the movie where it like, makes her speak as Guardian, like the, the old speak, because I need that in the movie so bad. That would be kind of cool, yeah. yeah. And it's just oh. like, I, I'm so above it at this point, where I'm like, mm-hmm. and somebody on Twitter was like, um... Like, 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 like they're talking shit or even people on, on TikTok were talking shit I'm like bro if it's not for you it's not for you uh-huh. you you don't need to worry about it go see the movie Thor's still gonna be a badass look at the fucking toys that have been leaking Thor's still gonna be a badass but so's the mighty Thor Thor's still gonna be a badass whether you like it or not <laughs> deal with it and I mean they have other cool characters too I mean they have um they have like Korg back in the movie too. You're gonna have action sequences with Korg, I'm sure. I mean, they'll probably be largely played for comedy as well. And you've got like, you've got Groot, you know, Teen Groot in the movie for at least part of it. Yo, they had a Funko Pop, and in the background of the Valkyrie shot, you see uh, Meek in a suit. And my first thought was Valkyrie. 
You don't know what this stupid insect has done. He has done so much bad in the main universe. He has done so much. You want to kill him. He is a monster. Like, that's the thing about Ragnarok. So many people don't know what Meek did because of what Taika did. And I'm just like, stop making him a joke. He is a monster. He killed a woman and a baby just to spark a war. It's not even funny. It is just uh, God. They also cut like all the really badass women that were part of uh, Hulk's war bound for that story too. So yeah, we 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 turned uh, Cord gray that way he didn't look like the thing, and we made Meek a, a joke. That's all we did. Um, but but like just in general, Jane. And, like, I'm excited to see what they're going to say of as to why the, the hammer was recreated. Because, it, like, you can even go back to look when Hella broke it. It's in the same formation of when Hella broke it. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what, ha- like, what did it. Whether it was, like, the spirit of Mjolnir or if it was, like, Odin from Beyond the Grave or something stupid. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with that. Well, potentially even introducing the God Storm into the MCU. Oh, yeah. Like, and like, yeah, that'd be really dope. I like that. I like that a like, lot. The trailer itself, like, outside of the final couple of shots with uh, Jane, doesn't feature any of her plotline at all thus far, which has me curious. Like, because, like, the, the big thing with Jane's storyline um, in Thor slash Mighty Thor is the fact that, as you know, she's, you know, she picks up and starts wielding Mjolnir and is able to transform into the new, you know, Goddess of Thunder Thor as a result. But she's doing this whilst fighting cancer. So the entire time, and like basically the way it works is the entire time she's using her Thor powers, it's constantly regenerating her, and thus it's flushing out all of the poisons that she has to put in her body through chemotherapy to fight the cancer. So every time she transforms back into being Jane from being Thor, it kills. it's killing her more and more quickly and speeding up the progression of her cancer as a result of that. And I'm just like... I can, for one thing, I could, and like part of my excitement when they announced Thor: Love and Thunder, and that they were going, they were going to bring in Jane Thor, was like, especially in the wake of some of you know Natalie Portman's more recent work, like Black Swan and whatnot. Natalie Portman can act the ever-loving fuck out of material like that. Like, mm-hmm. he's phenomenal, still being able to really to act that stuff out. Now, granted, like I don't think like I mean trying to do the, trying to have her both bulk up as she clearly has with. Um, um, with the Thor stuff that she has to do, whilst also then playing the cancer-ridden Jane, and thus, you know... Oh, we can CGI her. that. We, we, we yeah, CGI Chris Evans, we can do anything. Presumably that's what they would do, rather than going the route of, uh, say, um, Christian Bale would, uh, in the machine. Starving himself. Batman Begins sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but, like... I just I bring that up because I'm like, I'm wondering how much that will be adapted, because it'll be interesting to see that, because, like, Watiti, like his, so much of his, you know, a lot of his strengths, especially in regards to Thor Ragnarok, that people really liked was the improv heavy comedic stuff. And that's not really stuff you can easily portray in cancer plot, in cancer yeah, plot. Yeah, like, I'm Like, I'm really hopeful that it is handled well, and I do, I do honestly believe, I think that Watiti can. It's just the balancing act between that and the. Um, the more comedic aspect of the film is what I'm curious about. Like, I'm wondering how much of this film is going to be is improvised, like improvisation heavy, in comparison or contrast to Thor Ragnarok. Because I feel like 
reining that in a little bit, as beneficial as it was for Thor Ragnarok, I think reining that in is going to be equally beneficial for this film. Right. Um, But but no, just in general, I I think I'm more hopeful for this movie than I was for the last one. I think this has a lot of potential to do a lot of good. But in general, I'm going to be I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because I don't trust like I can trust Tycho with 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 his own creations like um, our flag means death hashtag renew our flag means death. Um, But I don't trust him with other people's shit just yet. So he he needs to he's to re-earn that because Ragnarok wasn't good enough for me. Like you took multiple storylines and butchered them to hell and back just to make a casuals happy. And you could have explained Sakaar to people. You could have made Hulk king. Because how cool would that have been? Instead of the whole he's a friend from work thing ending and just Hulk being a gladiator, you could have had Hulk coming down, beating Thor's ass, and him being king of Sakaar. You didn't need to make Grandmaster a fucking joke. Grandmaster's supposed to be one of the most powerful motherfuckers in the galaxy. So it just... I, I'm cautiously optimistic. And your thoughts? Over. I'm overall, I'm still very excited. I like Ragnarok a lot. I don't think I like it as much as a lot of the other MCU movies, but I I still have a fun time with it. And honestly, with most of the comic book movies, I just go in for that reason. I go in to have a fun time. And this mm. one looks gorgeous. I love the settings that we saw. I really like that one where it's like all the floating like islands, kind of like the the island city like from Avatar or something. It was gl- mm. gorgeous. And I'm very excited to see the plot point I'm still most excited about is the one we didn't get to see in this trailer at all. And it's not gore, but the fact that when this film got announced, we knew that Valkyrie was going to be searching for her queen. And I'm still really interested to see how that plays out because I am ready for Marvel to take the next step beyond um, gay Joe Russo and the Eternals and actually commit to having a serious um, LGBTQ romance as like the focus of one of these movies and i'm i'm very excited to see where that is and i hope it isn't shunted to the side like i'm afraid it is i try to black out gage Russo, and that you just brought it all back you're welcome i'll remind you every week from now on oh please don't just like like when that happened my i, I was so disgusted i was like why why did you do this to me but but anyway, the, 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 like I think we've had a pretty good run of it so like, like for, for the evening, folks. Uh, don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just Radio, Spotify. Uh, not YouTube right now. I'm I'm working on that. Uh, I'm gonna bring that back around and do a couple things with that. Um, and also now, uh, I I think the Facebook is up, but I gotta work. I gotta tweak a couple things. Uh, so we'll be on Facebook soon, I guess. Um, and but just in general, like anywhere you can listen to a podcast besides SoundCloud and like I guess Facebook because like Facebook's trying to do it, you can find us. Like, uh, apparently, like a lot of a lot of guys like us on Spotify, but like, like, like our entire Spotify audience, it's all guys. So, like, shout out to y'all, but like the majority of people like us on Apple Podcasts. So, like, shout out to y'all too. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at P2P underscore podcast and like talk to Ian about all kinds of comic book good shit. So we will be definitely be back next week with a brand new episode. In fact, a little teaser for uh, for next week because it's going to be the bee's knees. But, uh, but next week, uh, like get ready. If, if you haven't picked up your copy of Captain America number zero, please do in preparation for next week's episode because panel to panel will be hosting uh, Toshi Yamabuchi, like uh, to interview him about Captain America number zero as well as uh, Captain America symbol of truth. 
That'll be coming out soon, the new Sam Wilson Captain America book. Uh, we, we don't talk about that other one. That other one doesn't exist. But, like, it's cool. It's cool. Um, we are here for Sam Wilson. We'll be doing some good shit. So get ready to, uh, to do it. We might even do another another double episode next week to talk about any common news that comes out. So get ready for that as well. Um, Ian, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? Um, I mean, definitely pick up Captain America number zero, not just because, I mean, definitely because of the episode next week, but just also because it's a really solid, damn good comic. Uh, it was a lot of fun to read and a very promising start for Marvel's relaunching of their Captain America title titles. Um, Talk about that and, other one. Only one title. Yeah. Don't exist. Um, but also, the uh, free comic day is coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, I, thought, I thought it was in August. It's it's May. Oh, it's May? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, they, files. they have a Dark Crisis preview story that's coming out. And a Galaxy the Prettiest Star preview story. Um, Alright, cool. We'll get ready for that. I might even do a, like a live show from the from the from the comic shop about that. That'd be fun. Yeah. I just I bring it up because I want to make certain when you go to your comic shop for free comic day, if you so choose to do so, which honestly a lot of fun. Definitely a great way to either get into reading comics for the first time if you haven't before, or if you're a lapsed reader or if you are a regular, always a fun way to celebrate your love for comics or share it with others. When you do so, though, comics are free for you. They are not free for your retailer. Please support your local LCS when doing so and pick up something. Doesn't matter what, doesn't matter how big or small, but please make certain actually spend at least a little bit of money at the store in question because it yes. is one of the priciest, the most expensive days of the year for them. Yeah, like buy buy a trade paper bag. Like buy, I might I might even do like an episode uh, next week talking about some like good trades to pick up on free comic day, like just to get some people interested because like that is a big thing. A lot of people don't, don't realize. That's why I talked about at the beginning of the show. Actually, no, I, did I talk about the show? I, I, I talked about it during the DC portion, but like that idea of bundles, like of bundling back issues because comic book shops make the most of their money with back issues and trade sales and like Funko Pops and shit like that. So like support your, L your local LCS. You will do them such a big favor. And if, like, if you set up a set up a pull list and start pre-ordering books, you'll make sure that you get your like your, uh, your books. So like definitely do so. All right. Uh, and what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? Okay. So my closing statement, um, I, so we didn't get a chance to cover some of the, because we, we talked a lot about some of the things that DC needs to improve on. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to a lot of the books coming out in July and beyond that people need to check out and get pre-ordered mm -hmm. immediately. Check out Multiverse 18 Justice number one, which comes out in June and is featuring Jess Quick, a non-binary hero as the lead. Make sure you get that pre-ordered as well as the Pride special. Also, make sure you check out Superman, um, Son of Kal-El number 13, I believe, which is the appearance of Dreamer. Please support that. I want more Dreamer in my life and you can make it happen for me. I need your support to make my dream a reality. And help also... You, help me help you. Exactly. And yeah, just... Keep checking out Batgirls, Aquaman, Nubia, Poison Ivy. I'm very excited for all these books. Mm -hmm. Check me out on Twitter at Ann Comics if you're not already. And also check out our podcast. Um, I do a lovely podcast, The Comics Collective, with Dallas and Lexi Taylor. And it's awesome. This week is our episode about Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. And next week we're doing um, Anatomy Lesson from Swamp Things. So it's going to be a great conversation. Make sure you check that out on Twitter at CMX Collective. Ian, do you know how do you know how much it hurt? Do you know how much it hurts me that somebody 
on one of our mics likes a Tom King book. Do you know how much that hurts me? Like, I, I was going to say, you brought it up earlier. You're like, there's a difference between a Tom King book and a Grant Morrison um, Batman book. And I'm like, you mean they're both good books? Or... Ooh, the silence. The silence is the fun part. I'm here for the you, silence. You, you just... <laughs> I thought I knew you. I thought you were better than this. Oh. I'm just going to take a little, little sippy sip of my water because I have taste. <laughs> water doesn't have any taste? What? Anyway, um, like, 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 I'm so flustered right now. But, um, but anyway, uh, make sure. Well, the Mike Lutz Examine, as always, support your local LCS. Lot like Ann said, make sure you pre-order your books. There, like, and I talked about this on my TikTok today. Um, if like today, like this week was a really dry week for DC and Marvel. There was only a handful of titles. And, I picked up four Marvel books. Yeah, and it's like. One thing that you can do is ask your uh, publisher, no, not your publisher, Jesus, ask your local comic book shop to let you see the previews book. Because if you, like, it's like, it's like a giant phone book size thing. It's only like $2. They come out every month. It has all the solicitations in it. And most of the solicitations in them have like a byline of what the book is about. You can find some amazing indie books from Vault Comics, from Image Comics. Image and Vault are publishing some of the best fucking um, like, like uh, indie comics right now, you can pick up. Boom is doing amazing stuff right now. And, like those three, like, those three right now are killing it. They are doing amazing work right now. So make sure you too. I, 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 like you, you were not vocal whatsoever there. I need you to repeat that. Sorry. Uh, there's also some really fun stuff coming up from IDW too, like um, the uh, current uh, team and T stuff from Sophie that uh, Sophie Campbell's been working on and. The uh, really fun Transformers Beast Wars series that admittedly was going to be ending soon because licensing stuff with Transformers, but... That's IDW's fault. I feel like they could have renewed that. That's just me. Actually, they did just announce a bunch of fun new creator titles for that last week as well, so... I, I wonder if that's why they did that, though. The idea oh, yeah, that... Absolutely. Absolutely. That, like I, that They're like, yo, we're losing a lot of our license shit that we've been yeah. banking on for so long. We need to actually start making some shit. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm 100%. I mean, they got uh, Mark Doyle working over there now, so. Which is no surprise that one of the titles that they're publishing is one that uh, Scott Snyder's writing, so. Mark Doyle was the group bad editor while, Spat while Scott Snyder's Batman run was going. Right. Um, but, but no, uh, uh, this has been a great episode, folks. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you next week right here at Panel 2 Panel. Peace out.